This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Today is Thursday in the Village Church Q&A podcast, and this is Pastor Michael in the studio with, again, my wife, Brianne, answering questions on counseling and the floral industry. <laughs> we haven't gotten any questions on flowers. Why no, not? What's up with that? I don't know. But today is a... It is another heavy question. You're getting. This could be so fun to answer. I know you get. All, Fla- you do get all questions? the heavy ones. Well, flowers are easy, but this is the question from our listener goes as such: Is cutting okay if it is just a release of stress and pain? Now, what I think some of our audience are going to need from you, Brianne, is a definition of what is cutting, because even though for you and I this is a normal experience in terms of understanding the issue and dealing with people. There are many people. This is a brand new concept. In fact, it even feels crazy to them because they don't have a category for somebody who would do this this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about what cutting is, maybe what its origins are. Yeah. Where does it come from? I'm about to bust the mic out here because this is actually one of my favorite topics to talk about. I think that there are seldom issues that we see throughout Scripture that are so clearly presented in Scripture for us to be able to hold on to and to be able to see how the Lord desires for us to deal with this topic. And so when we come to cutting, we put that underneath the category of self-injury. And this is not a new phenomenon. It is documented all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament in biblical times in virtually every culture around the world and in every era. In the late 90s, it definitely began to receive more media coverage. But all throughout the Old Testament, we see it as a consistent practice by the prophets of Baal, particularly who are desperate to try to get Baal to listen to them, to get him to respond to what they're asking him to do, to get him to compete with the one true God. And we see that they shout louder and they slash themselves with swords and spears until their blood flows. We see that they are consistently cutting themselves, trying to get their God to listen. And so when we look at self-injury, There's a lot of different ways that self-injury can appear. Cutting is probably absolutely the most popular, but it can also appear as scratching, picking, rubbing, hair pulling, embedding, which is when you place objects underneath your skin, carving, burning, electrocuting, even things like punching walls and having risky behavior where you're putting your body in consistently risky situations. There's a whole entire culture of ingesting, whether it be poisons, glitter, all sorts of different things, self-surgery breaking bones on purpose, even excessive tattoos and piercings can fall into this category when we look at the heart and the mind behind it. So I want people to understand before they assume and create labels of someone who cuts that I believe that every person has a way in which in their lives they seek to accomplish the same things that someone who self-injures seeks to accomplish. But all this habit to varying degrees of maladaptivity and idolatry. And what self-injury is really looking to do, as the question said very clearly, is self-regulate and control. Technically, self-injury is defined as the intentional destruction of body tissue without suicidal intent. So I have a question that I think other people may be wondering. I'm hearing that cutting yourself is something that gives you control. And I'm trying to put my my head inside the head of somebody who feels like it's doing that. And so I'm trying to make a logical connection between how cutting yourself, even to the point maybe where you're bleeding, gives you a sense of control or gives you actual control. I almost feel like 
this is just me, I guess. Every time I'm bleeding, I feel out of control. <laughs> which is true for you, um, which <laughs> I will try not to enter into many stories right now. But I think one of the things that you need to understand and everyone in the listening audience has to understand is that there's going to be some things that we can relate to very easily and we can draw logical conclusions because that's the way our mind and body functions. And there's some things that are just going to be areas where we have to seek out empathy to be able to understand that that is not how we are wired, but it is how other people are wired. And so when we look at cutting, it is very similar to eating disorders. It is very similar to whether that be like excessive exercise, anorexia, bulimia, anything where you are controlling a substance that goes in and out of your body. So I think what I'm, I'm looking for is a logical point of connection. So like I get with anorexia and bulimia that I control what I'm eating and it's helping me control my body weight or my image. I get with but, alcoholism. But even that concept of anorexia and bulimia is only one aspect of it. Right. It's not as much about your body image as it is about what is going on in your emotions and your desire to control your environment around you by taking control of these elements. So it, as it is with cutting, is that when someone's experiencing emotional pain, they want to take that emotional pain and almost give it a face to be able to experience it on or in their bodies so that they can therefore take that pain and actually have control over that pain. So whether that's giving themselves more pain through cutting or ingesting something or whatever it may be, they've taken that pain from kind of a ethereal concept and they've given it a face to be able to show it, to be able to express it, and to be able to mm. make it tangible. What happens in your body is as you cut, your pain tolerance, just like with any addictive cycle, your pain tolerance actually being said increase and increase and increase just as if you were ingesting alcohol. The more you drink alcohol, the more alcohol you can drink. Same with cutting. The more cutting you do, the more pain you can inflict on yourself, the more pain that your body can handle. Building up a compliance and a pain tolerance that continues to elevate and elevate and elevate the level to which your body can handle. And so something that oftentimes became maybe something that you occasionally did to cut to feel better now has become a lifestyle to regulate and control your environment and your experiences, just like any other addictive cycle. And so four reasons why people choose self-injury a lot of times is to feel alive. If they're feeling numb, if they're feeling dead, if they're feeling depressed, they choose to inflict pain on their bodies because they want to feel alive. They want to know like, wow, like my body can still respond to this and it can still feel pain. Another reason is they oftentimes use it to quiet their souls, to, to bring down. So if your mind is is out of control and it's raging and the anxieties are, you know, bouncing off the walls in your mind, pain is a way of centering people and a way of a maladaptive way of centering people, mind you, and a way of kind of making all of those voices be quiet because now the pain has overtaken what previously was out of control. And sometimes pain can help people just numb out just like a drug can and it takes away all of the sadness or the craziness or the out of control things that are in our mind and or in our environment pain and cutting becomes to them an ill way of a therapeutic option for example a lot of people with cutting we encourage them to run we encourage them to have a bracelet that they turn around on their wrist what there's all sorts of different replacement techniques which by the way i'm just not a big fan of but it becomes an actual physical option that people turn to to relieve and to numb out. And another reason that people cut is because it helps them to communicate and to get the attention that they need that they were previously not able to communicate. It's almost saying like, hey, I have this pain that looks like this cut. I have this pain that's like this deep inside of me. I have this pain that keeps coming back over and over and over again. And here, here's how I show it to you. Here's the, the 
18 cuts up and down my thigh that show you my pain. This is what it looks like. This is this is what I need. Like I need help. I don't know what to do with it, but this is what it looks like. So it does help in some ways. People use it. I want to say it helps, um, but they use it to be able to communicate and to get attention. So oftentimes people become attracted to this and they never planned it. It's definitely a cultural phenomenon in the fact that it is contagious in some ways because there's something that even though people may look at someone else who does this behavior and see that, that that's strange, that doesn't look fun, that that idea seems to be implanted in their mind and as it kind of rolls around, it becomes attractive. And self-mutilation has always been a satanic scheme. Absolutely. From every false religion. That's absolutely 100%. And it manifests in every culture. And that's why I think that it has such a unique connection to the cross of Christ because mm-hmm. God never calls for our blood. All throughout so many different cultures, so many different religions, false gods have called for the blood yep. of their people to get them to be heard, to get them to be answered, to get them to be listened to. And so when we find people who are cutting and they are drawing their own blood, we find oftentimes that they have fallen so prey to the lies they're not heard and that they have to do these things to be seen, to be heard, to have their pain dealt with in some ways. When Jesus says that it's by his wounds that we're healed and that he took all of that upon himself on the cross and he did that all for us and we have nothing left to be able to prove and nothing left to be able to to show. It's like a truth askew. There is a wound that heals, but it's not ours. Our blood has no capacity for healing, only distraction. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 8.36 says that he who fails to find me injures himself. And so that has, works on many different levels. Mm. But I think when it comes to cutting, I've always seen that as it's like, you know, I can't find who you are, Jesus. And so now, like, I take that upon myself. And so many people do that in so many ways. So many maladaptive behaviors that we all fall to to different, you know, different degrees and what we look like on those degrees. Some are able to be hidden. Some are not able to be hidden. But I think that's something that we all have to think about is how do we take back what Jesus has accomplished on the cross? And we see it in our own lives that we're trying to do to like cleanse ourselves, to be heard and all these things that Jesus has already offered us. So the question is, is cutting okay if it's just a release of stress and pain. And I think the answer would, I mean, you've said this multiple times, it's maladaptive, which means it's a bad yes. technique right. for dealing with right. life. So it breaks my heart that that question would ever be able to be justified, begin sounds, to be justified in their mind. It sounds like somebody, to me, it's almost like saying, is it okay to get drunk just to forget about the day's pain? That's exactly what it is yeah. saying. And no, so no, it's not. Because yeah. what happens is, A, you're taking God out of the equation and you're using a, in the concept of alcohol, a substance, and in the concept of cutting, a behavior in order to relieve yourself of that stress. And Jesus says that he is the one who's come to take all of that hurt upon himself. He says when you cast your anxieties upon upon him, Mm -hmm. that that's when peace comes. I think when we look at self-injury and we look at cutting, we have to look at the fact that like you're not just doing something. You're actually part of like an addictive cycle that mm -hmm. is propelling you and going to continue to propel you more and more out of control. If I'm this person, I don't know who they are, but if I'm this person... What I just said about, is it okay to get drunk if I want to ha- you know, get away from pain and stress? They would probably hear that and say, no, my analogy would be, this is more like having a glass of wine to unwind at the end of the day. I think what's different is that in the Bible, God advocates having alcohol to a point of non-drunkenness, okay? But cutting is a different ethical moral category. Right. If you're in a position where intellectually or emotionally, Cutting and having a glass of wine are on the same ethical category. Mm -hmm. Then what you have done is you have numbed your brain to the reality and the actual weight 
of cutting and how sinful mm-hmm. it actually is. So never once in the Bible are we advocated to self-harm ever right. in any way. And in fact, what you've made a point of already saying is that every instance of self-harm is satanically motivated. And so to understand that we may not be motivated in this moment by Satan himself, but this very principle or essence or activity is okay because of satanic influence. Absolutely. And honestly, if someone were to have that same thought pattern about one glass of wine, then I'd actually probably have a problem with it because then therefore they're looking to the object instead of the giver of that object to be the answer. And so I think oftentimes in the attraction is our answer. And so if our attraction to that glass of wine is for that glass of wine to meet our needs, not for Jesus to have given us that glass of wine to meet our needs, per se, same with self-injury. Well, here's the deal. Self-injury is never okay. The entire Bible talks about the importance of blood, whether it's of an animal or if it's of as a human. Blood is always something that is completely sacred and protected by Jesus. When we love life, we see that blood is the life source and it is to be sacred. It is to be protected. It is to be cherished and valued. And so when we look at shedding our own blood, when we look at the practice of cutting to be able to stress relieve, there's no option for that to be just anything that's positive. It is something that we are falling prey again, like you said, to those lies and to that, I believe, demonic influence to try to use our own blood to answer our questions instead of looking to Jesus who has answered those questions already. Well, we need to have you back. I know our time recording this week is done. Love you and give us your final thoughts. So I just want to close reading Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. And this starts out by talking about by his wounds we are healed. And it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray and we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And I think to the person asking this question, to the people who can identify with this question and people who can't identify this question, one of the biggest things we need to be able to see is that any wounds that the Lord has allowed in our life that would give us a stress and would give us this hardship, we need to lay back on him and allow him to be the person who takes them from us and equips us and strengthens us to be able to deal with them because it is his wounds that heal us, not any doing or work of our own. Amen. All right. Thanks, Brianne, so much for joining us today. Tomorrow, we're going to be uh, visited again by Dave Swanson from Thrive and Financial. And he's going to be answering the question, is it okay to give 2 to 3% tithe on average? That is an awesome question. Now, Brianne uh, is going to be back with us on Monday, and she's going to be answering questions about multiple personality disorder. Oh, yeah. Woo! Awesome. Can't wait till then. Thank you, audience, for joining us. See you tomorrow. Yeah.